Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Night Light. Step away from the mainstream and gather around as we enlighten the world and our realities and travel this cosmic journey we call life. Join us as we share with you and provide that beacon that can guide us all to a better way. Explore with us as we examine a metaphysical montage of spiritual insights covering everything from the mundane to the magical, UFOs to unicorns, and everything in between. This is a time of awakening, of sharing and evolving, of spreading our wings and soaring on the cosmic breath of creation. Come and join with other light-minded spirits as we weave our lights together to seek understanding, enlightenment, and with a little luck, some wisdom. This is Nightlight, a reminder that you are never alone. Everybody and welcome to Nightlight. Our thanks, as always, to Ken Quiet Hawk for his amazing intro. Certainly, uh, if you have not experienced Native storytellers, please check him out on the internet. He is amazing, as is his wife, and their CDs are just profoundly amazing. I have a very special show tonight because I am. Uh, those of you who follow the show, who follow me, know that the element of synchronicity is something I talk about over and over and over and over again. And the the author that I have on with me tonight is um, Dr. <clears throat> excuse me, Dr. Bernard Beatman, and he's written a book that when you I, I'll use a term he used on me the other day. It's preaching to the choir. The book is called Meaningful Coincidences, How and Why Synchronicity and Serendipity Happen. Let me tell you a little bit about it. Um, Each of us has more to do with creating coincidences than we think. In this broad exploration of the potential of coincidences to expand our understanding of reality, Dr. Beatman um, explores why and how coincidences synchronicity and serendipity happen to happen and how to use these common occurrences to inspire psychological, interpersonal, and spiritual growth. Through a complete catalog of coincidence patterns with numerous illustrative examples, which are fascinating, he clarifies the relationship between synchronicity and serendipity and dissects the anatomy of a coincidence. He defines coincidence types through their two fundamental and and constituents, mental, 
excuse me, mental events and physical events. He analyzes the many uses of meaningful coincidences as well as their potential problems and explains how you will see patterns guiding your life decisions and learn to expect that coincidences are more likely to occur during life stressors as well as times of high emotion and strong need, which helps you to be ready to use them when they occur. He explores the crucial role of personal agency, individual thought and action in synchronicities and serendipities, and shows that there's much more behind these occurrences than fate or randomness. He's a graduate of Mayo University uh, Medical School. He did his psychiatric residency at Stanford. Not too shoddy. Um, He's a former chair of psychiatry of the University of Missouri, Columbia Medical Schools for 17 years, and writes a blog for psychology, uh, for Psychology Today on coincidence, and is the co-author of the award-winning book, Learning Psychotherapy, and as well, the founder of the Coincidence Project, which which is more than amazing. It's just profound and and I hope that we have time to speak about that as well. So that said, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you very much for having me, Barbara. Oh, it's my ple- it's my pleasure to yeah, it's it's actually my pleasure. I the shows are really for my own entertainment and the fact that people listen is just a great perk too. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, so oh, by the way, by the by the way, m- m- please pronounce my name Biteman, like sound like okay. bite. Yes, thank you. No problem at all. So, so you have the element of synchronicity is is something that everybody talks about, and they throw it around. It's almost a hackneyed expression these days that you know, oh, that was synchronistic or this was. Syn-. So, what exactly in do you define a synchronistic coincidence? Well, I, I I don't find people talking about it all the time. In fact, that's part of the problem that I'm trying to address. I want to encourage people to talk about synchronicity and serendipity with each other. There's not enough mm-hmm. of that going on out there. And my book is intended to encourage people to know something about what they're talking about with each other. And that includes keeping uh, coincidence diaries so that they can continue to cultivate uh, meaningful coincidences in their lives. And why should they, why should our listeners cultivate meaningful coincidences in their lives? Well, Barbara, you know, and I know that they're usually very helpful, not always. But even when they're not helpful, there's an educational value to many of them. So they happen a lot. It's just a lot of people don't notice them. And when I start talking with people who haven't been paying attention to them, they don't know what I'm talking about and kind of they don't want to hear more about it. And you're helping me through my book and hopefully as we talk about the Coincidence Project, helping people get more tuned in to the helpfulness and continuing existence in each of their lives of these of these mysteries that are hiding in plain sight. Oh, totally. It's it's just it's amazing to me that that more people don't recognize them as they happen in their lives because 
in many ways, it tells you you're not alone, that there's something else going on. There's some other energy field working with you of sorts. Um, and I think that, that they, they are enlightening in the fact that, that things that, that, that our reality is not cut and paste. It's not, it's not stagnant. It's, it's fluid, and, and therefore we have, we have pow- the power to, in many ways, um, enhance and enlighten our lives by, by paying attention to these occurrences because they're, they're really, to me, they're guideposts. They're, you're going in the right direction. Let's help you a little bit along. And it, it's, it's a very exciting thing. What you just said, Barbara, is the, probably the most common use of meaningful coincidences, synchronicity and serendipity being two of the major ones, which we'll get around to defining. They help people feel they're on the right path. I've, mm-hmm. I keep, I've heard that many, many times. They're confirmations that what I'm doing seems like the right thing. And here these numbers come along or these symbols come along or this person comes along suggesting that there is something else going on in my life and probably in the lives of others. And one of the most important things you said also is they suggest that we are not alone. And what is it that we are not alone about? And then there, there is a mystery here, and some people call it universe, God, um, the greater mind, lots of different names, greater consciousness, But I start with the idea that meaningful coincidences show us our connections with other people and with nature and with with what's going on around us. It shows that our minds are not isolated like islands, which modern science tends to think of them as. Our minds are connected to other people to the animals around us, to the trees and plants around us, the birds in the sky, and even to the fungi growing around us, and to earth itself. And coincidences of all types show us those invisible, those invisible currents that show us that we are connected and united and unified, and we just have to recognize that we're doing that, and when we recognize our connections with others, we are not alone. Oh, absolutely. I'll I'll give you an example. I've been working for months on a co-authoring of a book with another author, and its publication date, and people will have to tune into another show to find out what it is, Um, but the publication date is the 17th, and it's on UFOs. And we had no idea of publication date or anything like that, but it's being published on the 17th with whatever is happening in the skies out there amongst us. And, and it was like it couldn't, we couldn't have picked a better time for it to be published. So Isn't that, isn't that think, wonderful? Uh, that's wonderful. Yeah. And, and, that, but, and, and there's something about that that tells us how the world works in in what currently are mysterious ways. But I think I've got some ideas about how you did that. Because you are tuned in with a flow of things. 
because you ha- have some sense of how the currents of ideas and emotions are flowing in the world around us, that you could get into that flow and know somehow without knowing how you knew it, that's what intuition is, uh-huh. that this would be a good time for it to come out. I did that with uh, my la- my second psychotherapy book, that it came out in psychiatry right when it was needed. It had a five- or six-year run, and then other things happened so that it was not used as much. But the timing of it with what psychiatry needed about psychotherapy training was just perfect. And I think that my book, Meaningful Coincidences, about serendipity and synchronicity, I think it may be hitting the right time also. Only, as we say, time will tell, but I think Mm -hmm. there is movement going out in the world that is more and more recognizing that synchronicity is a very important part of our lives and can be very helpful to us. Absolutely, and your your suggestion that, that there be a... Um, a, a book listing the coincidences and the serendipity—I mean, they all kind of fall into the same category for me. And just keeping track of them, I always tell people that the more you keep track of them as they happen in your life, the more you recognize how frequently they do happen in your life. You know, some minor ones, some major ones, and sometimes those those wow, how could that possibly have happened? type of, of there, experiences. There, that's another, Barbara, you're just, you're just saying uh, <laughs> mantras almost. Uh, the more I pay attention to coincidences, the more I see, period. Yes. That's what happens. I want, I'd want to mention an a interesting, uh, for me anyway, and I hope for our audience, coincidence that happened uh, happened recently with me. Uh, I, I go to dance um, on the weekends here, and there was a young man sitting out in the hallway with his head in his hands. And uh, I went over to him and and said, uh, may I speak with you? It looks like you're in a position that suggests that there is something bothering you. So um, that question jolted him into talking with me. And he said that he has been just trying to keep things even. He's been really struggling financially and in many other ways. And coming to dance on that Sunday, two Sundays ago, um, was overwhelming for him because the feeling on the dance floor was so beautiful. The emotion we were experiencing out there was just of love and good energy. And because he was coming from an almost emotionally destitute place, he couldn't really tolerate the fine emotions in the dance floor, which was a surprise to me. That was not what I was expecting. So as we as we got to know each other better, he was able to come out on the dance floor and uh, participate. Well, afterwards... Uh, I, I liked him. Uh, he has Asperger's or or autism, high-functioning autism, and uh-huh. uh, I do too. So I said, well, okay, I'm going to meet another guy at the river um, uh, in the afternoon, in a couple of hours, and maybe you'd like to come with us and meet us there. 
so he said, who's the guy? And I said, his name is Rob, and he's a body worker. And he says, this guy whose name is Phoenix that I was inviting. So Phoenix says, is, is Rob um, a bald guy with a beard? And I said, yeah. He said, I live in back of him near the park, <laughs> which I knew. And he said... I've been wanting to talk with him, but I haven't gotten the chance to do so. Wow. Well, it, it was he, st- he stood back and he said, now I know why you're called Dr. Coincidence. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I think, it's, first of all, for me, it's always a pleasure to, to, to resonate, to, to click into something that is definitely above, for most people, the norm. But I think personally that if, you, if people keep records of them, that, that it enhances their ability to be insightful and intuitive as well. So Agreed. Well, I mean, you know, while everybody says meditate and stuff like that, and, and yes, that's important as well. But if you are recognizing these subtleties in your life, you are becoming more in tune, you're becoming more, um, certainly more psychic. And... At the same time, you are becoming more creative, even if you don't recognize it. Agreed. Agreed. Wow. So let's 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 get to talking about the, the definitions of these different types of coincidences, because that, as you mentioned, uh, is one of the contributions of my book, Meaningful Coincidence. And uh-huh. why why do I call it meaningful coincidence instead of something else? Well, the title also has uh, how and why synchronicity and serendipity happen. And I'm trying to suggest to the general public and to researchers that um, both serendipity and synchronicity are meaningful coincidences. They each have different meanings uh, historically, and and now, too, they're, they're also somewhat different, but there's an overlap between the two of them that I also like to emphasize. So if it's okay with you, I will go ahead and define these these terms. Sure, go ahead. Uh, synchronicity is a term defined, uh, created by Carl Jung, um, and it originally meant falling together in time. And they, it was he meant it to describe what he called meaningful coincidences. The word synchronicity was an explanation for meaningful coincidences for Jung, but not a name for meaningful coincidences. But historically, we've come to use the term synchronicity equivalently with some meaningful coincidences. And a a meaningful coincidence, we have to start with what a coincidence is. And a coincidence is a neutral term that refers to the coming together of two, usually two events, in a way that that is surprising and unexplained, but suggests that there might be a way to explain it. A meaningful coincidence is is the coming together of two events, usually a mental event, like a thought, thinking of something, and and then that thought manifests itself. The most common version of that is... um, I think of somebody and they contact me. 
and it happens in all kinds of funny ways. Sometimes it's through a third person, but a friend of mine today was talking about a friend of hers that she hadn't talked with for years, and as she was doing a recipe that she got from this other friend, um, she got a call from a third friend who said that the original friend with the recipe was just thinking about my friend. So it, it was there was a connection through a third person between my mm-hmm. friend and this distant friend that she hadn't talked with for a while. And it happened while she was doing the recipe of the friend she hadn't heard from for a while. And that is common. <clears throat> These experiences are common. And they show that what you're thinking, somebody else may be thinking. Thinking, I'm thinking about you, you're thinking about me. And then sometimes somebody makes the call and you can recognize that each of you are thinking about the other. But sometimes we don't know that that happens. Uh, But it's probably happening much more often than we think. So a synchronicity is a correlation usually between a mental event and an environmental event. I'm thinking about somebody and then they call. Synchronicity is usually about relationships, usually about psychological and spiritual development. So those people like you, Barbara, who are spiritually oriented uh, tend to use the word synchronicity because synchronicity tends us towards the spiritual as well as yeah. the relationship. And so that's, we're, we're drawn to that, that name uh, because of the spiritual implications of the term. Uh, the word serendipity had a very different origin, um, and it has come to mean finding things in ways that you are surprised by. Uh, they're called happy accidents sometimes, a simple way of saying it. You're looking for something and you find it in a weird way, or you're not looking for something and that something shows up that fits just what you need right now. That's serendipity, and serendipity is less about psychological and spiritual and more about finding people you need, uh, money or ideas that you need, or advice that you need. So serendipity tends to be more about physical reality, where psychologically synchronicity is more oriented towards the spiritual and the interpersonal. Okay. I'm sitting here trying to think of, of you know, where categories fit. See, see, to me, it's all one great big category. So, you know, I just, well, magic you, is happening you, as far as I know. I'm, I'm a, a scientist, and I am trying oh, yeah. to suggest that we can get more scientific about uh, these meaningful coincidences. And people like you are very important in all this because you're spreading the word, not about the categories, because some people just don't like categories. It just and uh-huh. They just are irritating when you kind of think you know uh, how the thing works uh, or, or that it works, and then you just pay attention to it. So it's, it's not like uh, this is the only way to think about it, but for people who are trying to get 
to understand this field, and I'm hoping that it will be a new field of study that will influence not only people in their individual and social lives, but also influence the practice of medicine and the practice of, of mental health and psychiatry and psychotherapy. And people who are in the scientific way of thinking about things uh, do well with categories. Because a new, a new science yeah. begins with good description, and good description is often categories. So uh, I'll tell you, tell you two, one more version that of, of meaningful coincidences that I that I'm I'm bet has happened with you, and certainly has happened with other uh, some of our listeners, uh, and that I, that's called uh, simulpathity. and simulpathity is being able to feel the pain or distress of a loved one who is at a distance from where you are now. You mm-hmm. feel somebody's feelings, but they're not in the same room or even the same house as you are. But you kind of know there's something going on with that other person. Sometimes you don't know it until after you see the person who tells you. For example, a woman was at a party and she just felt terrible distress in her chest and lots of anxiety, and she just ran home, and her husband was having a heart attack. She picked it up from him. And my Uh research shows that lots of people have these experiences, but often don't have people to tell about them. And you're giving our listeners the opportunity to tell each other about them. Absolutely. I, I would imagine that a lot of people are going to be paying a lot of attention to some of the things that happen in their lives. At one, at one place in your book, you talked about ideas floating around um, in, the, in the... I'll use my spiritual terms. You can put it scientific afterwards if you want to. Um, but, but the inventors had found that two inventors had invented the same thing at the same day and applied for patents. And, um, you know, one was Edison and, and I think the light bulb, or I don't know if it was the light uh, bulb it, or the photo. It was the telephone. And the telephone. So that there were mm-hmm. a lot of those kind of occurrences where things were happening at the exact same time. And it's, it's sort of like that they're floating out there and the first person to grab it is the one that gets the credit for it. Um, I had this happen to me. Um, I developed a, a deck of oracle cards. They were hand-painted Mandela's. And within about a month's time of them hitting the market, I was contacted by uh, a Native American elder who wanted to know where I had gotten the designs for the power shields. They were not supposed to be shared with the public. And I found that there was an ashram, ashram in um, northern uh, the, the northwest part of the United States where they had similar paintings that were used to that had been developed to be used for meditation and focus and they were they were supposedly um, just they, they were not to be shared with anybody else and then several of them came up in crop circles in the United Kingdom all within the next month and I think that, and I once said that that I I believe that um, the uh, the uh, patterns were out there, 
um, in in the universe, and and the people from different persuasions were pulling them in, and that they were some, you know very important for some reason. So would that be the same type of thing? Absolutely. Um, you're, you you started with uh, the telephone. That two different people walked into the and uh, walked into the U.S. Patent Office uh, on on February 14th. That's why I'm glad you brought that one up. February 14th, 1876, and each of them had a, uh, almost the same diagram for for what became the telephone. It became a, a big legal fight, uh, and and uh, one side won, uh, as will happen. And there was some arguments about uh, about stealing information from one another, but they couldn't prove it. It's very much like what you just did, which is even a better example, where people around the world in different places were also using the same symbols and same images that you came up with yourself. And I think this is really important um, example that you, you give here, Barbara. It's, uh, it illustrates what you might want to call the universe uh, or mystery, and um, I don't argue with people's terminology anymore. I used to kind of, but I just would like to, to tell you my terminology, which I use in uh, this book, Meaningful Coincidences, because mm-hmm. this happens a lot where there are simultaneous independent discoveries. And what it suggests to me is what you imply that these ideas are floating around out there and then you reach up because you're a curious uh, seeker and you grab it. I, I think I'm a Pisces, so I think of them as like fish, as idea, fish idea, fishy, uh, fishy ideas out there floating around in what I call our mental atmosphere, otherwise I call the psychosphere. And so these ideas okay. are floating around in our mental atmosphere, which is very much like our breathing atmosphere. We breathe in oxygen. We breathe out carbon dioxide. We can breathe out <coughs> ideas, and we can breathe in ideas. And that's what you just did. You reached up because you're a seeker, and these images were floating around up there. And what do you know? You, you caught some idea fish. Um, and you put them down, and then you found out that other people are doing that. I have this term simulpathity that I mentioned earlier. I wondered, did anybody else come up with this idea? Uh, the feeling of the distress of a loved one at a distance. I mean, this word, this feeling of distress of a loved one at a distance. So I looked on the Internet in 2014, and it wasn't there. Then I looked in 2016, and there was a, a Facebook video called simulpathity and I looked at the video and the meaning of the term was demonstrated in the video it was about feeling the pain of a loved one at a distance and this like Uh very much surprised me so I called or or Facebook messaged the guy who was the producer of and director of it and asked him if he'd ever heard of me and he had not it just he just came up with it on his own same idea in 1923 um, there was a book published that had hundreds of examples like this of simultaneous independent discoveries and it shows us what you intuit and I give different names that there Uh are many ways which our minds are connected with each other and this is one of them 
Well, I have, um, I'm a Pisces too as well. Um, I have, because of my radio show, I interview hundreds and hundreds of authors. And I have interviewed two authors, one in Great Britain and one in the United States. Each of them wrote a series of three books exactly the same. All three books exactly the same. And same storyline, same whatever. And I asked one author, I said, have you ever heard of the other author? No, never heard of her. But the, I mean, different names to the characters, but even down to the little blurb at the top of each chapter. It was huh. it was the huh. it was the weirdest thing I have ever experienced, and I interviewed both of them. That is amazing. But it, it was a, it's a series of three books. I mean, one you could see, but three. Yeah. It was just it was that was a cool cool thing. I could, and could, I, you I never, no, could, could you make a note to send me those the names of those three books and those of the and the of the authors of each. Because that's one of the better sure. ones I've heard. That oh, really, yeah. I, 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 I mean, I, I, the one, the uh, funnier version of that, uh, which is not as really as as odd. I mean, I look at probabilities of these things, and what you just described, as you're implying, is a very, very low probability event. Three books with some of the the notes underneath the chapter titles being the same. I mean. Pretty incredible. One of the funny ones is um, in 1951, uh, March 15th, uh, two cartoons came out, uh, comic characters, one in England and one in the United States, uh, and uh, they were each called Dennis the Menace. And each yeah. Dennis uh, was a boy who caused trouble. Each one had a dog that helped them cause trouble. They were different. Uh, the England Dennis was... a uh, purposely causing trouble while the one in the United States uh, kind of stumbled into trouble and people checked on to see if they were if they had uh, copied each other and they hadn't it came out the same day wow yeah you, you know you got to sit back and, and and this is the case of, of tuning into something that's out there and pulling it into your reality and expressing it through your own form of expression, whatever it is. Beautifully um, said. This Beautifully happened, said. Haven't, hasn't this also happened with music from time to time where people have been accused of um, stealing an idea and they really didn't? I think so, but I don't have any examples. I don't have any examples because I know, I know um, one of the Beatles had to settle uh, of, uh, that he'd gotten. It was... It was um, it, Paul John, it was uh, um, anyway the one of the guitar, the guitar players, not Paul or John, uh, the other guy, um, and he's born on February 27th, and I just don't remember his name right now. But he he was accused of uh, my Lord did a song called My Lord, and there was other yes. people suggested that they, he got the, the the message, he got the the melody from someplace else, and they ended up settling. Yeah, my but, sweet love, yeah. My sweet lord, my sweet lord. Mm-hmm. And that 
I don't know. I mean, I read about it, but I don't know if he came up with it himself or he actually uh, took it from someplace else. I didn't see. They settled it so it is as if he had um, plagiarized it, but I'm not sure. I think what you're saying is the same thing. There's another funny story that's a little bit along that line, too. Two uh, women authors, one of them uh, had an idea for uh, a book and um, just passed on it. And then one of, her, one of her friends picked up the idea without telling her, and they didn't know that they were doing this, and wrote the book herself. And it was just the ideas are out there, out there to be picked up. Who's going to do them? And they're the ones who are searching and looking and have an idea that they've got something to find that they can make useful to other people. Mhm. Yeah, it's 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 fascinating to me when when something like that happens, and I often wonder sometimes if uh, I, I've written some stuff from time to time that that I've gone back later on and thought, oh, that's beautifully done. I wonder who wrote it. <laughs> and, and it was something I wrote. Um, it's something so, you wrote, yeah. <laughs> or did I? You know, I for the longest time, I I have been using or sharing the term um, "when in doubt, don't." And I thought I thought that I had I thought I had picked it up. I thought I had pulled it out of the ether, and. It turns out I did pull it out of the ether, but Benjamin Franklin said it first. <laughs> so, so, still liking to use it, I'm suggesting that maybe I am in reincarnation of Benjamin Franklin, and therefore I can say it's mine. But, <laughs> and who are you to say it's you? I mean, you know, it was who we are right. is so many... <laughs> We are we aren't really just what we think we are. There's a lot more to us than than that. But so you go ahead and claim it. Uh, all I can do is say it's a good idea, Benjamin Franklin. It's a good idea. Yeah. Well, you know, he didn't copyright it, so it really is out there. So. Um, yes. <laughs> but but it's it's amazing how so many people who will get an idea for something that is just so brilliant, it's unbelievable, and they they will literally almost write it in their sleep. And they won't actually write it down, and someone else will pick it up and actually do it. Maybe, maybe not even in the same country, but it it does happen. So, uh, do you have any examples of know, that? Not offhand, but I bet I can come up with a couple. Um, I've I've run across so many, so many really really creative people that, you know, these kind of situations are are so common. It's unbelievable, and so the fact that we're having to talk about them because people really don't understand how important they are um, is a delight for me because you know I can I can hit on um, I used to get readings that were um, you know they would come in clusters it would be through four or five people same topic and at one point I got a whole bunch of people that were experiencing being molested as children and I remember saying to my mother it's funny because usually I can relate to whatever people are experiencing but this one I'm totally in the dark on and you know and there were five women that had been against um um 
being molested as children. And um, two nights later, I woke up really, you know, in the middle of the night saying, holy crap, I was molested, and I remembered the entire thing. And it had been buried in my memory for years. And I thought, okay, so it took these five women to remind me of something that I had experienced. So I said to my mother, I I do have a frame of reference to this now. So um, those things happen on on such a regular basis. I would would be willing to... Yeah, you know, I, I would be willing to guess that it happens to everybody. It, it, it's it it probably does, but it's very important to recognize that you see them more when you see them more. That when you get involved right. with them, as you have and as I have, you see them more. And what I I have an example of a guy who had a great coincidence, but didn't notice it. So there are plenty of people who are involved with meaningful coincidences for themselves, but they don't notice that it's a meaningful coincidence. They don't have a category for it or a name for it or even an interest in thinking about it. They just take it and say, okay, that's just just what happened. In this case, it was a guy looking for a loan from a bank, and he walked into the loan officer, and instead of getting the usual loan officer, who most people knew would turn him down, he got somebody who was much more open to his his project, and he got the loan. And a friend of his went with him to the to the bank and noticed that this coincidence really worked out well for him, but the guy who got the money was more focused on the fact that he got the money than that was a coincidence. He could have been paying attention to both of them. So I, I, I like that you believe that they that a lot of people know they happen because I don't from my experience they don't I am I am uh, I get a lot of emails uh, a lot of emails that have people wanting to tell me their coincidence stories there's a need to tell them uh, and there's often nobody to listen to them uh, and some of them are like I've interviewed um I've been interviewed by uh, somebody who was a reporter for CNN and Fox News and uh, and major newspapers. And when she interviewed me, she was able to say that I can't talk about this stuff with with the people that I know. I, it happens to me a lot, but I, they don't want to hear it. And my job and your job, I'm seeing, is to be able to say, have them hear it. And one way they can hear it is by... Going to one of my websites called the Coincidence Project. Now, the Coincidence Project is trying to get people to recognize that meaningful coincidences take place in the world, as you know they do, but as a lot of people don't. And that it's called Project because we're trying to project the idea of meaningful coincidence into the psychosphere into this mental atmosphere, into other people's minds, so they start paying attention to them. Well, we're having this Saturday, uh, this, this is February uh, 18th, we're having the, the launch party for the Coincidence Project. Uh, our website is up, and one of the things that we will tell people and want to tell 
your our audience is that if they miss that that launch party uh for various reasons um they can still come to the coincidence cafe the coincidence cafe meets uh once a month the third thursday of every month from 11 to 12:30 uh eastern time 11 a.m. to 12:30 eastern time on zoom and in the coincidence cafe we break out into groups and we tell each other coincidence stories usually with a theme but it's an opportunity for people to tell each other their stories because many people are not able to do that is it possible that the ability to recognize these experiences to to unlock the coincidental part of our psyche is blocked to some degree and that it takes a desire to unlock it to help it to occur. Oh, yes. Absolutely, Barbara. I fully agree with that. You have to want to. You have to believe or you have to act as if there's truth in synchronicity. You have to uh-huh. act as if there's truth in it, that synchronicities happen. If you do not act in that way, you're not going to see them. And the seeing them comes from being willing, as you're suggesting, to look for them, to expect them, yeah. to expect the unexpected, which, which becomes expected. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I think that's that's the cool part of it that um that what what is important is that we we anticipate the fact that again I'm gonna go into my own verbiage, that magic will happen if you expect it. Yeah. It's kind of the there's a saying out there that those who don't believe in magic will never experience it. Yeah. And it's like Tinkerbell. You know, <laughs> you have to believe in order for the magic to happen. And I think sometimes people get so locked up into their physical reality, they don't, they don't even, they're afraid to believe there could be something more. Agreed. And, it's it's and, what we're and, fighting against and trying to open people's minds to the more. And, and what it does is it takes your life from being black and white into a technicolor experience. And it, it it enhances and it enlightens you on so many different levels. And yes, um, the element of um, of having something out there that you have you you have mentally no control over yet you have total control over on a spiritual level. And I think people don't understand that. You know, our, our we mind want is to encourage. Yeah, I mean, our, our mind is a wonderful thing, but our spirit is far more powerful. And if they work together, you have a magical life. Um, uh, you know, I, I'll throw you, in the heart too. Mm-hmm. Oh, the, oh, absolutely. Yeah. You got to, you got to have no, that I, heart. 
And each one of these, and gut too, um, they're all they're all potentially part of expanding our spiritual capacities, as well as our ability to love other people, to be interpersonally connected. Those are all important uh-huh. things that synchronicities help people do. I, w- I want to comment on one of your metaphors back there. You go from black and white um, to technicolor. Well, yes. one of the world's uh, m- most favorite movies is The Wizard of Oz. And you'll remember that Dorothy was in a kind of gray, oh, black, yeah. and white thing in Kansas, and then... Um, emerged, just as you say, into the technicolor world of the Munchkins, Munchkin land. Uh-huh. Uh, and she was on an adventure uh, to the, find the Wizard of Oz. And life can be a lot like that, going from the black and white and having a cyclone, which could be a, a heavy, meaningful coincidence, or a bunch of them happening, or some other kind of spiritual awakening, so that you end up going through that cyclone almost like Alice uh, in Wonderland going down the rabbit hole. They're both, they're both cyclone-like things. She spun her way down into an amazing wonderland. And if we let ourselves think about Dorothy and the Wizard of Oz, just imagine that Dorothy in Kansas was living not in a black and white world, I mean, that's what they did in the movies. But she was living in a world of color in Kansas, maybe not really vibrant. And then she goes from the vibrant, from the not-so-vibrant world of Kansas to the technicolor world of the Munchkin land. But just imagine what it might have been for her actually, what Munchkin land was going to be like. It was even more magical because it, the transition from a, a, a not-so-colorful Kansas to Munchkinland was going to like be even more than the technicolor that the movies could illustrate. Oh, yeah. And, and I think that's, that's what happens to us. The, <clears throat> in our human reality, we have a choice. We can take it cold, take it cold or take it warm. And, <laughs> you know, I, I, I prefer warm. And it's, I don't look for the coincidences, but I'm constantly open for them. Because if you look well, for them, they're never there. Let, let, me, let me ask you this as you think about your own mind. Uh, and, you, you know, I'm, I'm a psychiatrist. I love trying to figure out minds and how they work and make them more maxim, m- m- and maximize their functioning. But, but I suggest that you, without knowing it, have developed in your mind someplace a coincidence sensitivity button, so that <laughs> you see what I mean. Oh, for by sure, that? for sure, for sure, for sure. Um, I, I I told you when we talked originally. I live with coincidences, and I adore them because I not only do they do, do they catch your breath every now and then but they teach you something more about yourself. It isn't just the occurrence. It's what did I learn about me in this whole thing? And you learn so much more about yourself. You, you get a deeper appreciation of things. You get, and it's, it's, for me, it has never been negative. I'm sure there are, there are 
bad stuff too as far as that goes but i i've been very fortunate in that you know i've had just the good stuff and um i've i've learned a greater sensitivity i've learned a greater appreciation i've become more empathetic um i have a good friend who lives in virginia i'm in nashville um every christmas we surprise each other by giving each other the same gift um <laughs> Uh, and and she's recently gone through a lot of physical problems, and and it turns out that I'm experiencing all of her stupid pains. And I will, from time to time, pick up the phone and say, "Take your medication for pain," because um, that, that's precisely what I mean by simulpathy. Precisely, feeling uh-huh. the pain of a loved one at a distance. That's just that. And I give and, names and it, to it. I, I give names to it so I can describe it to other people who may not recognize that they experience it. You don't need a name for it. That's clear. But I have na- I've needed to name a lot of these things. Um, I back a long, long time ago. I was kind of like a, a boy with a dog uh, who went through a, a tunnel, a mysterious tunnel, and ended up in this magical uh, forest with all kinds of birds and trees and plants and uh, they were so gorgeous and they were so fascinating uh, that I began to be able to try to describe them and name them and when I came back out of uh, out of that forest I tried to tell people about it and what I'd seen and they didn't know what I was talking about so I I've come back out of that tunnel out of that cave out of that tunnel into the forest and trying to be able to say that this is this is what you just described with your friend is what co- what twins sometimes say to each other they uh-huh. can feel the pain of the other twin and you're almost quoting a, a research article uh from New Zealand in which one twin said to the other I love my brother but He's causing me so much pain. I wish he'd be- take better care of himself. Ah, yeah. Well, it's it, happily, happily she's on her meds these days. Um, well, but, but we, happily she's on it, her meds. Know. But the the point that I would make, and you wouldn't perhaps, is that you have just illustrated a common occurrence, which sometimes needs a name for people to think it exists. You don't need it, but some people do. Yeah, I, I think yeah that's true. I, I today's society is so um, oh gosh I, I just society today feels like it's frightened, and all I can say is that if if you pay attention to the coincidences and the synchronicities, it starts to put a joy in your life that is just unnameable. It's it's kind of like you know you're not alone. You know that, that that you're connected in some way to almost everything else that's out there, um, even to the fact that uh, when I'm I, I've always fed the birds wherever I was, except when the bear ate all of my feed and I had to stop. But I moved to Nashville. I put up a bird feeder, and I sat there for probably two hours, and I kept seeing. I just sat there and I kept visualizing cardinals. I wanted, they, all the birds were welcome, but I, I specifically wanted cardinals. And I kept seeing male cardinals 
And by the end of the two hours, I had two and a half dozen red cardinals at the bird feeder. That is a and, wonderful story. And it's it's kind of like we have that power now. Now I will admit that I did try at some point in time to visualize winning numbers for lotteries, and it never happened. But all I did was spend lots of money and getting taught that you don't use that gift for personal gain. Um, doesn't mean I won't try again, but, you know, it is, <laughs> the lesson is definitely there. But, but you know, we, we have a power inside of ourselves, and I do believe that in many ways the fact that we believe in coincidences, we're open to them, that it's almost like there's an open channel, and if there's a coincidence flying around with nowhere to go, it'll get sucked into our channel. <laughs> so... Uh, you're you're a wonderful coincidence ambassador, um, which is what uh, the names of our, our board members are. Uh, they're coincidence ambassadors, trying to be able to get the idea of coincidences out there. And your your life your life is a is a remarkable series of meaningful coincidences to me, or serendipities or synchronicities, and that you are learning to be able to imagine what you need and or want or could do and making it happen what i want to what i want to emphasize is with the cardinals you're showing our listeners how interconnected our minds are with the minds of the creatures around us well you call it the psychosphere yes, um, i call it the universe or the cosmic mind but it's all you do is, I mean, it's, it's, it's focusing, and, and it's not hard. But, you know, I would, I would absolutely recommend that people start with little things, you know, not big things. But, but um, when, I, when I lived in Connecticut, I lived in the woods. I didn't see as many wild animals as I wanted to. I saw a bear. A bear took residence up in my yard. But, but I didn't see as much as I wanted to and when I got here in Nashville I'm I'm in a more of a I mean it's not the woods but there is a big field on the property and I have seen more wildlife here than I saw in the woods in Connecticut herds of deer skunks opossums foxes um I mean eagles uh turkeys uh also I I and it it was I came here and I said okay I want to see the wildlife now. I, I, you know, I'm due. It's my turn. <clears throat> and there was a, a a groundhog that that had took up residence on my back deck for a while. So, you know, it, it's it's put it out there, and it's like prayer. You don't have to say it more than once, but you have to believe it. And. That's, I think, where the difference is. You know, you can you can say the same prayer over and over again for the whole your whole life and not feel that you've gotten any results from it. But but if you pray sincerely for something, know that the message got sent and believe it's going to be answered. You know, it could be a no, by the way. It doesn't necessarily have to be a yes. But but it it's it's a matter of belief and faith. And it's not a religious experience. It's a spiritual experience. 
I want to be very clear about that. You can be an agnostic and still have faith and belief. Definitely, and that's what we're moving towards. Um, I'll call it a science of what you're describing. You'll call it something else. But what I what I can't understand listening to you, and I really can't understand it, is how, how my book is helpful to a person like you, because I tend to put things into categories, as we know, but you don't need the categories. You have your own names for things. I don't, I don't understand how my book is any use to you. Oh, it's a tremendous amount of use. First of all, I get to recommend it. Um, it's already on my website and in my These Are Books You Should Read. Um, it's, it's, it's of great use because I can tell somebody, you know, it's a good idea to keep a journal of your, of your synchronicities or your, your coincidences, whatever you want to call them. But I can point out to somebody who is in the scientific field that says the exact same thing. And, you know, not everybody is is in la-la land like I am. I, I mean, I've got two master's degrees. I'm not stupid. I taught school for 25 years. But but it's it's sort of like your book is the kind of book that I can refer people to because, look, you know, if, if you don't take my spiritual explanation for this, here's a scientific one from, from a man who's a real Ph.D. from a real school and you know, a good one, too. And, and, you know, he's working on the same premise as I am. So that, so that if, if my explanation on a spiritual level doesn't resonate with you, then here's the intellectual example of exactly what I'm telling you about, but on a different way, in a different way. Not everybody speaks the same language, even if they speak English. Boy, do I know that, uh, getting into this coincidence business. And that's why I ask you that question, because you are pretty advanced in your coincidence sensitivity, and you've got a coincidence sensitivity button that you don't need to pay conscious attention to what's around you. This button goes off and tells you without your having to think about it. It's an intuitive thing that you've developed so that you see it. And then you've learned to be able to imagine things that are within reason to imagine. Uh, you're not going to imagine um, a, a camel coming into your backyard in, uh, in Tennessee most likely it still could happen, but it's a low-probability event. But for uh, cardinals to come in, that's uh, more probable. And you are uh -huh. able to believe that you can imagine things that are within the probability of your life at that moment that they can make happen. Right now, I'm trying to imagine uh, this coincidence project uh, having some worldwide effect. And this uh, this this coincidence this party for the coincidence project is coming out this launch um is is part of that process that i began when i was a, a chairman of psychiatry and i started doing research in coincidences and you wouldn't need to do it but i needed to be able to to develop a way of answering the question the simple question uh do coincidence do coincidences commonly occur do weird coincidences, as we call them, commonly occur? And we developed a standard thing that psychologists like that's called valid and reliable scale or survey. And we put that survey out to, to a 1,000 people 
and uh, evaluated the results uh, and to find out what kinds of coincidences people report more often and to also correlate their sensitivity to coincidences with various personality types. Now, that's something that you would need to do. You just know it happens, and you know the universe is uh, there to be able to connect with and make things happen. You wouldn't need to, to do what I did uh, because that's you. And so we are speaking different languages. We are speak coming from different experiences, but it converges, and this is where you, you help me on my question, it converges on the idea that synchronicity is a good thing to be paying attention to. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think one thing that we haven't mentioned that, that is important, um, now you said, you know, chances that a camel is not going to come into my purview, right? right? Well, right. the reality is the, the universe has a sense of humor. So a camel, one hump or two, is not necessarily going to walk down my driveway. However, a picture of a camel could... I could see something that had a camel on it that would be in my, you know, in my vicinity that I would say, oh, there's the camel. Um, so, so symbolically speaking, it doesn't have to be literal. The universe does does do that to you. So, if you're really trying to um, be specific, be specific in what you want because sometimes you'll get what you want. You'll ask for something, and it's not really what you wanted. It's what you thought you wanted. That's right. That's right. Which is sometimes not fair. Um, I'll give you an example. I, I started to the other day, and I think you had to get off. Um, I had been single for a long time, and I was living in Connecticut, and I had a beautiful garden, and I loved it, and in the woods, yada, yada. And I said to the universe, all right, if you want to send me a relationship I could I could do that, but don't bother sending me klutzes. I don't I'm, I have no time to teach anybody anything. Um, intelligent sense of humor. That's about all that I would require. Well, and hopefully you know physically fit. Um, and but I am not going to go looking for it. I'm going to do my radio show in my basement, and you'll have to bring them there because I'm not going to go looking. And. Two months later, I was doing a radio show on UFOs. I, uh, the author that I had on wrote a book on authenticated UFO sightings, and I was at one of them, so he wanted to interview me, and I was interviewing him. And there was somebody in the chat room that kept saying, I'm an expert in the field, I'm an expert in the field, and I, the, the author had to leave, so I pulled this person on, and, and he actually was an expert in the field, and we chatted, and he wrote me afterwards, and we, we continued to, to um, speak for, uh, oh, about six, seven, eight months, after which um, I, got in, I got on a plane, flew to, he was in San Francisco. I flew to San Francisco. He met me at the airport with everything he owned and his three cats in a van, and our first date was driving from San Francisco to Connecticut, where I lived. Um, a year later, we got married, and then a year and a half, half later, he passed away. But in the meantime, um, 
we did a documentary on the stone walls and chambers that were in, in, the, in the Northeast that is out there as we speak and has been seen over a million times. Um, a coincidence that we were put together like that? Yeah. I mean, I was very explicit. I'm not going looking. You've got to bring them onto my radio show. <laughs> and they did. Course, and they did. I didn't say. I, I didn't say. And he should die in a year and a half. But um, but it was a wonderful experience, and and um, we created something very important. And he had said he said himself, you know, his work was done. And I thought, gee, that's too bad. <laughs> But but it was done, and and um, so so I put it out there, and the universe made it happen. I should have been more specific that he be long lived, but you know I I'm not trying that one again. You're but not. It was a Why not? <laughs> no, no, he Why not? Uh, he. Um, you know, if the universe wants me to have another person in my life, it'll be there. So. I'm just going to sit back and see what happens. It's more fun that way. Um, I, I, I think that, that when, you, when you know that the unexpected is expected, it's so much fun to wait and see it happen. And, well, there's, and some, I think there's something that, about you that uh, is not, from my experience, not as not that common. That somehow you can you can imagine things and ask and believe even if it's just once but you believe and have faith and you can it can happen and um mm-hmm. that's that you can sit where you are and coincidences uh, float through your mind and through your environment um I, I there's something special about the way you from my experience something special about the way you experiencing experience them that is not that common. Well, I think that um, that that one has to uh, understand that while as spirits we were given free will, that means we have free will to screw up too. I might add um, that that we also are perfect. We we have the ability to get into a flow that is, again, my word, magical. And, you know, do I have moments when, you know, no, I really don't. I mean, there, early on in life I had I had stuff that was not fun. I've had, you know, I can match just about anybody's bad things happen, but to good people they do. But it depends on how you perceive it as to whether you go on with your life and things get better. And I, I tell everybody that that we create our reality by our perception of it. And all you have to do is, is really seriously change your perception and magic happens. And I know it sounds so easy when I say it, and, and I know that I worked really hard to get here, and, and so I know it's not easy, but if you start working on it and, and the vi- the very first thing that I tell people to do when they're really willing to make changes is to keep a record of your coincidences, yes. your synchronicities. To, yes. If you start keeping a record of it, it tells you magic happens in your life. And if you yes. pay attention to the little magic, big magic follows. Yes. And it's sort of, 
and and for me, I tell people, may or may not be true, but this is what I tell them. If you recognize something and say, oh, what a coincidence, that's, su- that's super, and do nothing else, to me the universe doesn't hear it. But if you write it down, you have, you have anchored it to reality, and then you make it happen again. By, by writing it down, you're anchoring it to your reality, and then your reality shifts and changes accordingly. That's a, that's a very interesting idea. That is a very and interesting idea. Until I got to the place where I say it anchors it to your reality and engraves it in time, people wouldn't do it. But when I said that, they thought, okay, that makes sense. I've created an anchor. I'm pulling something in. I'm connected to something because I've anchored it to my reality. Then, then they pay more attention. Just saying keep a journal doesn't work. <laughs> Trust me, I said it a lot. <laughs> this anchoring to reality by writing it down is very, very compelling idea. Well, it gives people control, and it means that if you if you have control as to whether these are going to have import in your life or not, you have control. Uh, by by just you know flipping it off and you know saying in in my in my view the universe will look and say hey they're not paying attention you know let's just throw the little bits and see if they catch on and if they don't catch on don't waste our time on the big stuff because the little stuff is being ignored but if you anchor it and if you keep paying attention to what's happening you will see them increase in intensity and the magic will grow it works but you know you've got you you've got this wonderful book out there i mean you know it's very scientifically written which is of course your venue um but but you know i i think i i can use it with with just about anybody that i work with because there are people that need to have the scientific explanation they need to have all of the different categories you know they it's really important i have people that will flip out and have a page for each category which is fine, a little bit much, but it's fine. It, you give people a tool that they can use for their level of consciousness. And, you know, if you've got somebody who's just so into the spiritual that, you know, you, know, you have to pull them down to earth to talk to them, then all the categories don't work. But for the most part, I would say... Eighty-three and a half percent of the of, of the population need to have something that, that is concrete for them to be able to pay attention to and apply to their lives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Somehow, we have different strokes for different folks. Yeah. And I've got and, a particular you know, role to play, and it's only one particular role, and. You have another wonderful way to do it, and uh, we both agree on a lot of stuff. And oh, absolutely! And, and we got to just see who who our ways of thinking about things appeals to. Well, and and I think that that um, you know my audience, for the most part, is more spiritually oriented, and yet 
there are those that, that have put their spirituality into a category or a day that they practice it on. And so then they would be much more um, inclined to read your book and to go through the different categories and understand the different methods and, um, you know, and, and then, you know, I have my other small little bunch that, that absolutely um, is, is so spiritually oriented that, that they'll look at it all and say, that's really cool and that's really clever. And, and then they will turn into, tune into your synchronicity project, which I think is, is, is phenomenal because it, it helps, it helps um, all of reality you know, to to start to recognize the coincidences in life, and and that that's where that's where you have a, a wonderful building block in order to stretch your 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 fingers out, so to speak, because in your in your in your project, you're getting more into the spiritual. Oh, definitely, I mean, and it's funny when people read what I've written. Um, some of them call me spiritual and some of them call me scientific. Uh, and the fact is that I'm both. Yeah, it is possible to be both. It's, I can't pronounce that's both what, of the words. That's, so I'm... that's what I do. <laughs> is uh, I'm, I, I stretch between the spiritual and the, the scientific which is the so spiritual can be very practical too, as you illustrate. Oh yeah, well, so that makes you a bridge walker between the two realities. That's, that's what I am. That works. That works. I think that you know, and there are there are levels of. Uh, um, I was talking to. Uh, I, I know a lot of people now who have. Um, relatives that are suffering from dementia. And I, I feel that, that the spiritual aspect is there um, still, and, and somebody else who has someone uh, suffering from schizophrenia and trying to figure out if schizophrenia is something that we all have inside of us and it takes a traumatic event to trigger it, or if it's Got, it's on a timer, and at a certain point in life, it's going to go off, and and something is going to happen. I, I think that there's a lot of mental disturbances that are identified these days that aren't really mental mental disturbances. Um, ADHD. I think that's just somebody that's wired differently. I don't think they should be medicated. Um, I, I think understanding everybody is different and comes from a different space, often in time. And you know, it, it's it's uh, disturbing to me to to feel that that people have to be categorized. I'll get off my soapbox now. Uh. Well, uh, I'm a position and uh, I recognize the limits of categorization but I also recognize their value and we live in a world that is um, that is has a lot of polarity in it and that the polarity of categories is 
is one of them, and learning to recognize the the um, the difference between the two and the limits of each one is something uh, that I fully recognize and want to be able to do. So, you, you your mind is such that categories uh, are not necessary. Mine, you have well. stories and you have connections with the universe and that's the basis of what I understand your thinking to be. And that's, and I, I come up with the psychosphere idea. I'm not saying there isn't something greater than this mental atmosphere, but I can localize, at least theoretically, where the psychosphere ends and begins. Starts with uh, the Earth's crust and ends with uh, the bottom of the ionosphere. And in between, there's a lot of energy going on and a lot of information going on. And when we talk about um, ideas floating around, I say the ideas are actually floating around in this psychosphere and that you are literally reaching up there to grab one of them as your three authors, two authors do with their three books, uh, as, which uh-huh. is still pretty amazing. You just reach up there, and simultaneous discoveries, just reach up there and you pull them down to earth. So that's my more concrete way of thinking about it, but uh, you don't have to think, and I wouldn't expect you to think my way because I thought about this for quite a while, but it's a way that could be comprehensible to uh, some scientifically-minded people so that I can do something that is very difficult to do. I can have a model, an idea, a theory of how telepathy works. You know telepathy Uh is there. You experience the pain of your friend at a distance. That's a form of telepathy. And I have an idea how it works. Uh, Saying that the universe does it would not satisfy a lot of people. So it may satisfy some or maybe more people than I know, but the people that I deal with uh, scientifically uh, need to have a way of thinking about telepathy. They don't believe that it happens until you have a, a model or a possible explanation for it. And I have one. So that's what I do is trying to bring people up into it and, and go in the direction that, that you are, Barbara. Well, I... Oh, that's... that's okay, I, I, I don't know how to answer that. Um, your psychosphere, to me, is the bottom level of cosmic consciousness. Yes. So that... Yes. <laughs> yes. So. And I am. I, I work up the ladder. I'm like uh, Jack and a Beanstalk climbing up the ladder. Uh, uh-huh. yeah, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't start from way out there. Uh, the, you mentioned people who are highly spiritual. I interviewed Deepak Chopra uh, on my podcast. Uh-huh. And I had to keep bringing him down to, like, this reality. Like, what are you really talking about? Because he tended to stay up there where time and space don't matter. It's quantum world. And he's got some wonderful ideas and some inspiring ways of approaching uh, the world. But for what I needed for him and for what I thought my audience wanted, say, let's come down to to this reality. Because right now, uh, there's a lot of people increasingly concerned about how humanity is destroying uh, the earth and committing a slow suicide. So I bring it down to here. How, and that's what I ask you now, from your perspective, how do we use synchronicity to help mitigate, to help reduce 
um, the harm we're doing to humanity and the birds and the trees and the elephants and each other. How do we use synchronicity to uh, to reduce the problems we're causing each other? <clears throat> well, if one adheres to Philip Lindsay's thought that we are on a cycle constantly repeating a pattern of root races over and over and over through time, um, that would suggest that we're we're living out a pattern we've lived before and therefore we will we will push the earth towards what well, will push humanity towards destruction there will be some sort of a catastrophe and then we'll start all over again um i, I i'm not sure i buy into that totally but it makes a great deal of sense um as far as i can see humanity is, is focused first and foremost on survival. And everybody at this point in time is being pushed towards survival. And I would say that, that one of the keys to helping everything and everyone is to get people to recognize these coincidences and then start to use the power of coincidence to enhance their environment and once the environment gets better then they will get better better but at this point in time everybody is worried about survival and and you know I'm I'm fortunate you know I've I've got a pension and I've got social security so I'm going to be okay so long as I don't want to go around the world or something like that which I wouldn't do anyway um, you can all you can always you know remote view and you got it all, but um, but it 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 the environment will survive us. Um, there's there's been a study a study done not long ago that that tested the human DNA and found that every certain thousand of years thousands of years the DNA um, has a mutation and they took it back to the source when it was pure and found that human DNA is older than the earth. So we must have come from somewhere else. And if that's the case, are we going back there? Are they coming here? Um, you know, it's, 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 it's a quandary. I think that everybody personally, if they take care of their own environment, it will spread. But people don't tend to do that. They tend to try to sit, sit in fear and do nothing. And by doing nothing, you just enhance the, 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 the destruction of what's going on. Um, it's, you know, some, some, some people have said that one single voice can't make a difference, but that's not true. It's like a drop of water can create a ripple that creates a swell, that creates a wave, that creates a tsunami. So that, so that putting your thoughts and belief systems on a spiritual level with scientific verbiage can make a big difference. And I, that's just my own personal belief system. Well, that's what I'm asking that makes sense about. To you. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, I, 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 further question. Uh, use synchronicity to enhance your environment. Could you explain what you mean by that, please? Sure. Um, by by um, by acknowledging synchronicity and coincidences, and by by acknowledging these 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 um, hiccups in the flow of your life. Um, by acknowledging them, you are putting yourself into another wavelength of energy. By doing that, you are enhancing your power and you are increasing your ability to be creative, innovative, and, and um, magical. So that, so that start, start small. And, and it's, it's synchronicities are there to be used. They're, they're there to be recognized. If you don't recognize them, it's like they go down the drain and they're recycled. Somebody else absolutely. That's what we're. <laughs> that's what you and I are trying to help people do is to recognize them. But once you recognize them, I'm having trouble understanding <clears throat> how you uh, improve your environment by recognizing them. I understood that you become more spiritually aware, more intuitive, uh, more capable of responding to what's around you. Um, uh-huh. And is that is is that what you mean by uh, how synchronicity can like improve our environment? Well, I think as as we start to recognize more things that that are around us, we become also more of a keeper of what is around us. So that so that rather than than you know throwing away your garbage onto the ground or into a stream, you're gonna you're gonna put it in a waste basket or container, so that um, instead of doing something that would be damaging to your environment, you rather want to enhance it. I think they go hand in hand. I think the more you understand you are a part of nature, it means that you have to protect nature. Because you're protecting yourself, so that so that while we are focused on survival, we have another perception of what our environment is, and therefore we are going to enhance it and make it better, so that so that it's better for us. It's it's almost selfish, but it's it's sort of like the more emotionally involved you are in understanding about yourself because your spirit is here to develop and learn your spirit and you know you're not necessarily here your job is not necessarily here for other people but as you enhance yourself there's an overflow and that overflow touches other people and they can take that up or not as is their as is you know whatever their purpose is this lifetime we're here, we're here to utilize, but we're also here to to grow and and to share and to change and to touch other people as well. Yeah. Um, it, it's 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 a it's collaborative. We are we are absolutely here in order to um, make like life better for ourselves, and by doing that. It, it just it just happens that it it helps other people and it's sort of like other people you know if you get enough people together other people will see the change in your life and wonder how did that happen 
And all you have to do is explain how you got there. I mean, I could write a book and tell everybody what I did up to this point in time, and they could do the exact same thing, and they would not be to the same place I am because everybody's right. different, everybody's journey is different. Right, right. right. However, right. I can give them my tools, and they can enhance their own lives to wherever it is they're supposed to be. Yeah, and that's what I try to do in my book for those who can tune into it, give them the tools. Yeah, and you give you give great tools and and great examples of how I think I love the fact that all of the examples have to do with people who are absolutely normal human beings that are not, you know, a practicing this or a practicing that. They're just normal everyday people that extraordinary things happen to. And yes. people reading yes. your book are going to be able to say, well, that could happen to me. And the reality yeah. is, yeah. Yeah. But in, a, in, in, in a different way. And I think that's the other thing. Everybody's, because everybody's journey is different, that means that everybody is going to, you know, experience the magic in a different way. Um. I mean, I would love to be a concert pianist. Not going to happen this lifetime, but, but, you know, in another lifetime it may have, and I may be drawing on that love of music in order to enhance my life in a different way this lifetime so that, so that the string of lifetimes we've had, you know, comes into play here as well. We are not just a single entity. We are a combination of millions of lifetimes with millions yeah. of experiences. And, yeah. and, you know, some have been good and some have been not so. Um, but but I, I prefer to think, let me, let me pull what I have from the good stuff and weave it into this lifetime. And uh, that's what I've done. Um, I love gardening. In every place I've li- lived, um, I will create a garden. And that garden will be a meditation. And that meditation takes me to another place. Um, you know, we all have ways of, and, and I, I really want to also um, say that, that everything that you suggest in your book doesn't cost any money. So that, so that the enhancing of your spirit, the experiencing of the magic, the, the, the wonder of um, coincidences and synchronicities and just the recording of them costs you nothing. And it changes your life if you touch it. Yep. And so many, so many people think, well, I'll take a workshop or I'll go to his seminar. And, and I, I don't mean don't do seminars because I'm sure you do great seminars. But, and that may be, that may be a, a great touchstone and turning point for people. But the importance of all of this is to recognize you have a quality in you that you're not utilizing. You can open that portal and magic can happen in your life. Yes. Yes. I, I, I like your emphasis that it doesn't cost you anything. It does cost to, to buy my book. That's true. But after that, <laughs> but after that, it's, I mean, you gotta, you got to pay the, you got to pay the piper every once in a while. But after that, it's really up to you. It's personal. It's focused on the individual's free will, whatever we have of it. I mean, some of it is mm-hmm. pretty narrow, as you well know, because we are the compilation of generations of genetics and experiences here on Earth. 
So we are, we're not just us right now. We are manifestations of a lot of other experiences that preceded our bodies on this earth. But mm-hmm. that's what we take, what we've got now. We have the ability to make decisions consciously, to become more spiritually aware, and that that involves being able to notice synchronicities, to write them down, and to be able to tune into them in increasingly numbers of times so that you get into a flow where you are feeling like you're on the right path, where you're feeling connected to other people, when you're feeling connected to nature. And then as you so clearly demonstrate, you can imagine things that are within the realm of possibility. And when I was talking about a camel, I was talking about a real camel who walked down your driveway. That's what I was talking about. That's unlikely. It's not that it couldn't happen. It's just unlikely. So you have to imagine things that are within the realm of possibility that you that you had a, an image of a relationship, a man in a relationship with you. That's what we used to call out far out and groovy, that you were able to imagine this man and the outline of the man. You just uh, didn't add another piece of important information. I wanted to stick around longer than a year and a half. Uh, I just forgot that part of it. And it's, it's, yeah. it's, it, I used to have, I used to have a lot of fun um, giving people what they said they wanted. You know this one, and it turned out maybe it wasn't what they really needed at the time. Uh-huh. So you have to be. If that's another phrase, not from Benjamin Franklin necessarily. Uh, be careful what you wish for, because it might happen. Oh geez, yeah. No, it's 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 really it's fascinating because, you know, I I used to get people, you know, when am I going to meet the love of my life? And you know, they expect you to tell them. And the reality is, when you become the love of your life, that's when you will attract one to you that is perfect for you. It, it's not stupid. It's just the way it works. You attract what you are. <laughs> I mean, it's that easy. <laughs> and that hard too. <laughs> It's yeah, that, that easy hard, and that yeah. hard. It's uh, yeah, it's, it's not it's not such an easy thing to do, um, and it keeps evolving. I mean, I I just I just get amazed sometimes at how I keep changing, and then seeing how my changes are reflected in my environment. That my environment uh-huh. is a mirror of me. Um, the people around me are mirrors of me. The responses to me uh, and how they behave are mirrors of me. And so I can, not all the time, you just have to, you need that coincidence sensitivity button to know when there's a, a match between my reality and how I'm evolving and what's happening out there. But the more I just am able to just let it be and keep going with the feeling I have, and as you can tell, I'm deeply committed to to increasing uh, humanity's awareness of synchronicity and serendipity and using them in constructive ways. This is is my purpose in life. This is what I'm here to do. And it's fun to ask about how I got to this position, and I give a history, but the the real reason is it's needed now, this synchronicity awareness. It's needed now in my 
in my from my perspective humanity needs to recognize the value the power the necessity of using meaningful coincidences to advance themselves spiritually psychologically and interpersonally yeah and there 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 has to truly be a balance between the science and the spirit because if there's not if one overwhelms the other then there isn't a good balance um, we, we've we've so, had that already happen too much right now. Science has overwhelmed the <laughs> spiritual, but it's coming. The spiritual is coming back. There's a, a clinic at Yale oh, and yeah. a clinic uh, at Columbia in New York City that, that's mental health and spirituality. That's the that they're trying to bring spirituality into the mental health treatment in a formal and research-based way. And these the two women who are organizing these uh, are getting a lot of good publicity so that other people can tune in and say, well, I thought that might be true, but here's some psychologists, psychiatrists actually in implementing these ideas. There's a, I'm in part of a group of trying to bring spirituality into uh, the practice of medicine. These are all, this right. stuff is happening. What you already know is starting to happen in kind of... Um, a, a, lot, a lot of different ways out there. I keep hearing more ways that it's happening. We need to, and synchronicity is not is ignored a lot. The, the people who write oh, about yeah. these clinics with mental health and spirituality know about spirit, about synchronicity, but they don't actually implement the ideas of synchronicity in their work, and they, they need to do yeah. that. That's true. There's a wonderful author, Alan, uh, Alan Sanderson, who wrote a book, Psychiatry in the Spirit World. And um, he, he had a, 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 his premise was that a lot of times people have um, spirits that are, that are sort of um, hopping a ride on, on, on people, into, you know, physical people, that there's not, not possession, just visitation. That do, that do um, in many ways create what appear to be psychological disorders, and that that spirit can be convinced to leave, and you know, and the person you know has, you know, is is cured literally. And he was due to be on the show last week, and when I booked him, he he was in England, and he said, well, you know, I'm 92. What if I don't make it? And I said, that's okay. I'm a channel. I'll pull you in. And um, <laughs> unfortunately, he did die. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> it's a, a, a great book. And, um, you know, not to, not to trump you because I, you, I can't trump you, but, but if anybody's interested, Psychiatry in the Spirit World is a fascinating book as well. I didn't do the show, obviously, but, um, it's, you know, there's, you know, it's another professional that is admitting that there is a spirit world, there is a spiritual aspect to life, and and that we have to have it all in balance, or or, or life doesn't work well. Well, let, and, let's talk about the spirit world for a while, because one of my patients went to a medium because she was getting messages through symbols uh, from a guy named Andrew who. Uh, had accidentally killed himself when he was um, about 19 and she was 21 and they were going to the same uh, university. And she kept thinking about Andrew and seeing these symbols. So Andrew led her through 
these symbols to a medium um, in a town that she had been in Ireland, and so she knew she knew this town, and there were a lot of other connections. But the medium began to describe uh, facts about Andrew that were true. And after we talked about this for a while, and this is just today, um, we were wondering why is Andrew uh, trying to contact her? And we came up with the idea that Andrew was stuck by his own his own death that he didn't do on purpose, but he was drunk and fell out of a window somehow, and oh that gosh. he was he was stuck somewhere in a limbo of some kind. And that maybe he was trying to contact her so that she could help him move on to wherever he needed to go. What do you think of that? Um, I, that makes sense. That's not possession. That's um, and and Sanderson um, would have said he would have taken the person that was being guided, put them into a hypnotic state and ask the spirit to step aside and sit in a chair and talk to the spirit and then <clears throat> help the spirit to go to where they needed to go and then wake the person up from his hypnosis and they no longer had that visitor. Um, hmm. I, I do believe that happens. I do believe it's, you know, they're, they're trying to, and it would be through hypnosis because the, the, the host has to kind of not be in the picture when talking to the spirit. Um, mm-hmm. And it's not an evil thing. It's not a bad thing. It's a, a spirit that is needful of moving on. And, you know, you you can do that through hypnosis. Um, well, let me, let me ask you a, a related question then. Um, sure. Lately, I've been feeling as if um, Carl Jung is getting closer to my mind as I do this synchronicity work and I I started even to address him yesterday as Carl Gustav which I've as his middle name is Gustav and I just and it just be it's beginning to feel like he's maybe around because he's still invested in having the synchronicity idea get out into the world well I I would say that that I would say that his consciousness is in the psychosphere and I would say that you're probably tapping into his consciousness I I think I don't feel that as a spirit he's attaching himself or there but I feel that you are blending into his consciousness in the psychosphere so he is becoming a part of your consciousness and there's a difference I think uh, it's not him the spirit it's his consciousness that still remains yeah. in the psychosphere. Is that what you just right. said? Yeah. And his spirit is someplace else, probably. I, I didn't like the idea of him being stuck hanging around in the psychosphere. I didn't like that. So, what you've no, given I, me, <clears throat> what you've given no, me, is I, a, I think, I think a, a better way of thinking. What were you going to say? No, I, I, you know, if if his spirit had been connected to you, I think you would have felt pushed out to a certain point. He had an amazing mind. Um, yes. But, but, I, but I, I do believe what you're experiencing is drawing on his, his consciousness, his 
theories, his philosophies, and his passion for synchronicities. Yeah. And so the, the passion for synchronicities pulled in his consciousness that is still floating in the psychosphere, which were, or cosmic consciousnesses. Um, and, and so that what you're doing is, is drawing from the consciousness of him and, and mm-hmm. his passion for synchronicity certainly, you know, is enhanced by his because he, wasn't he the first psychiatrist um, to, to synthesize the study of coincidences? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. He did that toward the end so, of his life. So I, I would say that, that his passion is, you know, if our life is, is if our life were in a jar and poured into a jar, then the first thing at the very top of the jar would be the last things that we were thinking about, and I would imagine he was probably analyzing the death experience. So. <laughs> oh, I, de- definitely. I'm reading about um, a section of his biography, autobiography, that's about life after death. I'm reading that right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you know, and you know, so many people have believed in it and spoken about it, and uh, yeah, it, it's it, it's true. I mean, our our life force. The, I mean, I believe there's body, mind, and spirit, and the the body is, of course, the body. The mind is what some people call the spirit, but it's uh, the 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 soul is. Uh, our personality, our morals and mores, our our um, our consciousness, our awake consciousness, and then spirit is that part of ourselves that, that passes lifetime to lifetime to lifetime to lifetime, and and that is what what uh, you know leaves our body and goes on to the, to whatever comes next. And um, yeah, whatever comes next. Um, what, yeah. <laughs> what what I keep getting, and I've had this before, but more strongly uh, recently, is the, the probably the most famous synchronicity involved uh, Jung and a patient. And uh, I can, and the story is pretty simple. I, I can tell the details, but the basic idea was that the patient uh, wouldn't listen to Jung. She was being highly rational. And she, uh-huh. he, could, he couldn't get her to tune into uh, probably her intuitive capacities. So he was very frustrated. And she came in with a dream because Jung was big on dreams. And it was a dream of a golden sp- uh, scarab, uh, a, jewel, a piece of jewelry uh, of a scarab. It was like, a, it's like an Egyptian beetle. And as uh-huh. she was telling the dream, uh, Jung went to the window and picked out uh, a beetle, uh, their rose beetles that they had, and they live in Zurich, and they in the spring they they're all over the place, um, hanging around the roses, and that she he showed her the beetle that he picked off from the window, and she, he said, "Here is your scarab." So that was the where a, where a mental event, the dream, got matched with a. Uh, physical event, uh, the actual scarab that Jung showed her, and that that broke her uh, her hold on on um, reality. On, I mean, her hold on on rationality. Uh, she beca- she started giving up 
apparently, he didn't describe the details, her rationality. And um, he said therapy proceeded well after that without going through a lot of details. And I saw that as a symbol, as Jung, uh-huh. Jung, being, Jung being a person using synchronicity to try to break the rationality of the Western mind. That it was a metaphor, almost a myth, of Jung using synchronicity as a way of saying rationality's got to be broken down. There's not, it, it's not helping us anymore. And so that was a practical use of synchronicity. And that's what I get from that picture, the practical use of synchronicity to break down the, the rationality, the scientific way people think about the world right now, or many do, and get into like the, the spiritual and the intuitive. And I, that's a practical thing. And that's what I try to do with the Coincidence Project, with my podcast and my Psychology Today blog, is break down that, that rationality. And I'm having trouble with psychology today because they want it all to be uh, random. They don't like the synchronicity has more to it than that. But somehow I still am able to write for them. And said even there in psychology today, which is open to spirituality, synchronicity is something that they don't particularly want to pay attention to, although they have. So it's a it's a it's a big job, and I very much appreciate being able to talk with you because you are doing just that. You're, you're in a way, ahead of me in being able to use uh, synchronicity in your life, and I very much respect that. Well, it's, uh, it, it's taken a long time to get here, I might add, but, but it's, I think synchronicity and coincidences, I mean, they're cold, if they're left only in, sorry about this, but they're left, they're cold if they're only left in, in the scientific explanation. But when you take the spiritual and infuse them together, you have magic. And I think where, where some people will accept your, your, your different labels and your different definitions and stuff like that, but they won't get the magic until they 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 get they they include the spiritual and again not religious but spiritual belief that there we aren't alone there's more out there there's a there's a whole other world out there worlds out there and and that that there is a sense of it feels random but it's not because I do I personally believe we pull them to us so so, well, one of the funny things about randomness is uh, the I Ching or tarot cards or reading tea uh-huh. leaves, however you're going to do it, that you can find patterns in randomness that tell you what's going on in the present. Sure. But, but you have to have that awareness in order to do it. It doesn't happen yes. overnight. It, it doesn't. Yes. I mean, there was, there was a time in my life where if someone had told me what I would be doing and talking about and everything, you know, 50, 60 years from now, I would have, you know, I would have offered to pay their cab fare to the closest psychic place, you know. I would have thought they were crazy. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, it just it, it just wouldn't have occurred to me. And yet, 
all through my life it's been happening and I can go back and see where things happened in the past. I can see where as a I can see where as a child of four, five, six, my interests were were telling me what I was going to be when I grew up. I mean it's right there. And I you know, I it, it was it was amazing. I, I used to do funeral services for pets, and if something wasn't dead, I'd, I'd, dare, I'd bury a doll. But I would do the funeral service. Um, later in life, I became an ordained minister. I took all of my pets and I made them my ch- my children in the classroom. I became a teacher. Um, you know, I mean, there are there are aspects in your childhood that will tell you where you're going to go. And sometimes, if we don't go there. Our life doesn't feel right until we find that that same uh, until the cogs in the wheel mesh and we become what we were meant to be. We were pre-programmed for it. I, I used to paint do- <clears throat> I used to paint doilies, you know, the little paper doilies. I, I would do that yeah. for hours and hours and hours. I painted Mandela's. I'm famous for the Mandela's. I the deck of cards is all hand-painted Mandela's. Um, it opened my life to a lot of the spiritual. So, so as a child, you come in pre-programmed. It's there if the parents pay attention to it, and and it's it's a desire that they will flow in if parents stop thinking. You have to go to college, you have to get a degree, then you have to get married, and then you have to have two and a half children, and then you die. I mean, that's not the way life is. Doesn't have to be that way. Doesn't not have to. at well, all. My, I began on this journey when I was uh, eight or nine, and my my dog got lost, and um, my mother said, "Go to the police station." And they they said, "We don't know where your dog is, son." Um, and uh, I was crying so much that I needed that guy. I needed him, and uh, I took the wrong way home. And uh, there he was, uh, and he jumped up on my leg as on my bike and seemed to say, "Where have you been?" And we went home. And I needed that I needed that puppy, and it was a profound experience for me to find him in this accidental way. And that was my first one. And I've, I'm writing right now um, my own biography in, in, in terms of the meaningful coincidences that happened to me in, in through my life starting with with snapper my dog uh and to the to the present and that's quite an experience to put them put them all down in some kind of order uh a time order uh and to look at them and say what this is it gives me a whole new perspective on just my life and as you say I get to see who I am in a way that I hadn't seen before. You write them down, you look back at them, and wow, that's you. That's me. Um, what is this? Yeah. Who am I? It's so cool, and I get isn't the, it? I get the experience you described as, did I really write this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a kind of fun experience to be able to do that. So I see we're coming oh, to absolutely. the end of our, our time together, and I, I want to be are. able to tell you how much I enjoyed uh, hearing you and hearing how advanced you are, in my view, uh, in the synchronicity business. So thank you for asking me f- to, to be on the show with you. 
Oh, it, it was it was totally my pleasure. I love talking to somebody who talks my language only in different words. And um want to remind people the name of the book is Meaningful Coincidences, How and Why Synchronicity and Serendipity Happen. Please get the book. It is an amazing book. It will teach you not only about yourself, but it certainly will enlighten your life tremendously. And I, I want to thank you, too. I, I so appreciate it. This was a lot of fun. And um, time went by awful fast. But, um, <laughs> okay. We'll have to okay. do it again sometime. <laughs> well, thank you very much for a wonderful conversation. Yes. Oh, thank you. Was was absolutely my pleasure, and I'm sure my audience is. So, thank you again, and You're um, thank you everybody for thank you everybody for listening. Um, this will be up on YouTube later on tonight, and um, check out the book. The, the book is actually. I think one of my favorites of all time and um, well worth having, well worth reading. And even more importantly, get a journal and start remembering your synchronicities because, my goodness, it, it will enhance your life so amazing. So good night, everybody, and thanks for being here.